only here in the studio. You're not here with me. Where exactly are you? I'm in uh, Wellington at the moment, um, looking to expand on Glam Trails and uh, make some more exciting trails out in Wellington. Ah, like, nice for you, nice for some. Uh, as always, <laughs> we're going to be starting out with our uh, weekly uh, safety and rescue recap. How has our mountains been over the last uh, a few weeks, a few days so, rather? Look, I- um, uh, the weekend, I had a, a, a very tough weekend, um, and uh, Rescue had quite a tough weekend as well. They were very busy, um, being the long weekend, and people were out and about. And unfortunately, yeah, I had to go out to Robertson, and it just um, just my condolences to the family of uh, the young child that um, unfortunately passed mm. due to, to his injuries. Um, and in the safety recap, uh, there were no incidents, but always just... Please just let people know where you're going and what your plans are when you go out into the mountains. No, definitely. Wally tells me you are in the, the Khamkaberg. Where exactly is that? Okay, so Khamkaberg, that was where I was two weeks ago, which we're going to talk about tonight. Mm. And so it's very close to Karlitzdorp, um, mm. which is not too far from Oatswin. That's right. Now, I'd never been to Karlitzdorp before and um, can't wait to get back there because it's a tiny little dorp and um, in the middle of absolutely nowhere but an amazing part of our country. And what were you doing there? You, you, looking at, you were out there taking a, a, a small group there out on that hike? Just, just how uh, uh, difficult was that for, for, for the group that you were with? Yeah, so I took two gentlemen that um, had um, asked to be taken and to be guided. So we went out to the Gramkeberg uh, Nature Reserve, and on there is the Tierbos Kloof, Trail, mm. which is a two-day trail that um, leads you through a canyon. You go up the canyon the first day, and then the next day you sort of loop around and come back down into the canyon again. Uh, for me, Oatswaring, Kalitzdorp, uh, that Kanalant area just reminds me of uh, you know the, the the aridness and the rockiness of uh, of uh, the Karoo. Um, it, it, it's quite warm there. The conditions there must not be absolutely conducive uh, to hiking, especially if you're going to be doing it in the summer. Exactly. So this time of the year is actually not such a bad time to do it because the temperatures are not too cold. I think in winter time, it would be freezing cold up at the, the overnight hut um, because you're at quite altitude. And I think in summertime, you would just be baked inside the little cabins. Um, they've got four cabins on top of two bunks in each cabin, but they've all been very neatly done out. Um, and so this time of the year, it, um, it still gets very hot. I mean, in the middle of the day, it was sort of mid-30s. Um, so we, we left very, very early in the morning. As soon as the mm. sun had come up, had to get ready and, and head out. And then while you're in the canyon, you're in the shade most of the day. So it's... Um, it helps. We are speaking to Tim Lundy with our weekly hiking feature. He's not with us at the moment. He is uh, slumming it uh, out there somewhere <laughs> in Wellington. Very, very nice for him. But he's telling us about his uh, his traverses in the uh, Khamka Nature Reserve and particularly the Tirbos uh, Trail, uh, uh, the Tirbos Kloof Trail, uh, rather, there out there in the Kalitzdorf area. Uh, Tim Lundy uh, reports back on some of the more interesting hikes and walks that he has done. Uh, n- I wouldn't know for that area to be T 
teeming with with wildlife. Um, uh, Tim, uh, it is as I said, as we said, uh, the conditions they are quite hot, quite arid, so you're not going to see big uh, big mammals there. Maybe a lot of uh, uh, lizards, maybe some uh, small mammals there. Or, or what did you see? Well, you, you think that that would be the case. Um, we we saw baboon, um, mm. which was we could see the footprints. Now, when you're going up the cliff, there's a lot of sand um, in the in the riverbed, so. I got to see a lot of footprints of different animals, and I've got to tell you, there were a lot of animals in the in the nature zoo. Mm-hmm. It was originally started in 1974 for the zebra, the Cape Mountain zebra. They started off, I think, with seven of them. They've now got over 30 or 40 of them. And we were actually lucky enough on the first day, just before we got to the hut, to actually see a zebra in front of us. And he was probably in front of us for about a kilometer. He kept on sort of running and, and keeping his distance between us. But even more interesting than that was in the in the ravine itself, in the sand, I kept on coming across leopard print. Mm. Um, every hundred meters, there was fresh leopard print. So he'd obviously been through the canyon probably yeah. two or three days beforehand. Um, but just, yeah. Unfortunately, the, 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 would it be the Cape Mountain leopard or is that far too, too inland for, for, for that particular, um, species? It would be the Cape, Cape Mountain oh, leopard. And fortunately, there. um, they are nocturnal. They, they rest during exactly. the day. And, uh, what's quite fascinating if you, if there's, um, there's a webcam or at least videos that, the night, night shots that come out, I think of the Halderberg, uh, nature reserve and they've captured quite a few, uh, Cape leopard on a, a, uh, night vision camera there quite recently well they've actually in on this trail as well and in the cameras uh, when you get to the reception you'll see they've got a whole information board about how they are um, photographing and and sort of tracking the leopard um, that are in in the area mm. so but I mean yeah I'm, I'm quite happy that they're nocturnal because I don't particularly want to be <laughs> walking the canyon with, with a leopard in the same canyon at the same time as me uh, walks of this nature, sort of two or three day walks, have become uh, quite popular. Many people are, are are doing it to get out, and not many people want to slum it, want to sleep out in the open. But many of these trails, many of these reserves, offer not necessarily swanky accommodation, but general accommodation there, just to to attract more people. What's it like in in the, in the Tierpostkloof? Well, I must tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I did my research on the place because I'd never hiked in it before. Um, and I wasn't sort of expecting too much. But I tell you what, the first night, you got a fantastic um, tent, um, the two tents in each camp. And the camps are quite far from each other. So you've got a huge amount of privacy. Um, and even away from the, the main buildings, you've got to actually drive to them. And uh, the tents, yeah, double beds single beds, uh, it's got all sort of the, the mod cons in it, but you're right inside the bush. Um, and it just, no, it is incredible what they've, what they've been able to achieve there and what, what the, the, the costs that they sort of charge for the whole thing is, is phenomenal. Um, it's really great value for money. Uh, our, our weekly hiking feature featuring uh, Tim Lundy is reviewing the uh, Tierbos Cliff uh, hike there in the uh, Kalitzdorp area. If you've been on that hike and you know what it's all about, you can give us a call 021-446-0567 or you can WhatsApp us 072-567-1567. There is, of course, also the SMS line on 31567. As always, Tim, many people are asking just how fit do you have to be? Many people 
people worried about the uh, the fitness that you need for this particular two day hike? Yeah, look, I would say you definitely need to be a regular hiker to take on any two day um, trip. The the first day is just over thirteen kilometers, um, and then the second day is just over eleven kilometers, which um, is a little bit misleading because you think, oh, well, thirteen kilometers—that's not too bad. Um, but when you when you walk up the, the cliff, it's the type of terrain that you're walking over that actually in that thirteen kilometers will determine how long that thirteen kilometers feel. <laughs> and I must be honest, it felt probably about like eighteen to twenty kilometers. Oh, wow. Um, recently, they had a huge uh, flash flood in the canyon, so a lot of the path has actually been washed away, which is not a problem because you're in a canyon, so you can't really go wrong. You just keep following the canyon. Um, but it's, there's a lot of loose rock, so your feet are constantly having to step on rocks, and that can actually be very, very taxing on your feet. Mm. Um, it makes the distance just that much further, and, and you're using extra muscles in your legs that you wouldn't normally use just walking on flat terrain. And I think many people are, are worried about that, uh, about particularly their feet. I know I'm I'm someone who doesn't necessarily walk a lot, and if I do spend an afternoon, as we did with our last uh, a walk with you, uh, um, uh, uh, mm. term, I, I, I felt it in my feet. So, how important is, is is proper equipment, proper boots? Do you need to buy the the very very expensive uh, hiking boots, or just a, a solid uh, shoe that that also covers, you know, protects some of your ankles? Is that is that enough? I, yeah, I think uh, proper boots would probably be the, the, the best way to go on any two-day trail. I think if you're going to go with sort of trainers that are sort of around the house stuff, you're going to fear it really badly because those shoes are not designed for trail walking and long distance. Um, so the soles are very, very soft and you're going to feel every single rock. I had big, thick, heavy boots on and I could still feel every single rock. Um, and on the way back the second day, we were coming back down into the canyon and I stepped onto a rock with my left foot mm. and the rock shot off to the right and it threw me off the edge to the left. Mm. Um, and I fell probably about three, four meters. Lucky wow. I landed on my, on my backpack. It's the first time ever that I've actually in my hiking career, I've ever fallen mm. like that. Um, and I was very, very lucky. So, and that was the good shoes on. Mm. So I think, um, any, any non-ankle support type shoes, um, sort of jogging shoes or trainers would not be ideal for mm. this kind of walk. So maybe you can answer this, uh, uh, Tim. I'm, uh, I, I see myself as fairly sure-footed, uh, but I also have a bit of a, a flat foot problem. And sometimes I, I end up uh, walking sort of on the... Um, what is the the side of my foot? The side of your foot. Yes, yeah. and then sometimes I'll just do a. Even if I'm walking the street, I'm stepping off the pavement, and all of a sudden I'll just go onto the side of of my foot. I'm quite worried that if I ever were to, you know, fortunately I have a good pair of hiking boots. But if I were not to have that, uh, if I were to somewhat so just twist or sprain my ankle, and I'm not sure yeah. what to do. What could we do in that situation? Firstly, you check. Do you first stand on it to see if it's not broken, or what do you do when you you know sort of had a fall like that? I look, I've had uh, one or two falls where I've sprained my ankle once on the mountain. Luckily, most of the time that I've sprained it, it's been off the mountain. I mean, once I stepped off a, off a pavement and sprained, I didn't actually sprain, I actually tore the ligaments in my ankle. Wow. Um, so it can happen. Unfortunately, some of us, like myself, are just born with weaker ankles than others. And um, when you look at the design of an ankle, um, it's actually amazing that we can stand up straight. Um, because there's not a heck of a lot tying your foot to your leg. 
<laughs> so there's a lot of give, and it's actually amazing that we're able to to do the things that we can, um, given the the sort of ligaments and the way that our foot is designed to just sit on our on our leg. Uh, just uh, before we let you uh, uh, go, uh, Tim, just give us some of the highlights of the Steerbos Clough Walk. Well, there's so many. Um, I mean, just the wildlife that you can spot. I mean, as I say, we were lucky enough to spot one of the zebra that was roaming around on his own. Um, the accommodation. The accommodation. Cape Nature have done a phenomenal job on the, the accommodation in terms of the, the tent camp and then the camp at the top, which is called the Oak Crawl. And that's just amazing um, accommodation. And then the scenery is fantastic. And um, the, the biggest highlight for me was Twitter Toll or uh, Twitter VX Pass, which mm-hmm. was the route that I took back when I left the trail and I was now coming back to Cape Town. I thought, let me take a different route um, because the R62 at the moment is kind of being, or the R60 is being worked on Robertson to Montague. And it added an extra hour to my trip. So we, I, I then decided to take back the, the Twitter VX Pass, um, which goes past actually the the tallest mountain in the Western Cape. And I tell you what, if you've never gone out that way and you've never done that pass, mm-hmm. do yourselves a favour, go out and see it. It is an amazing, amazing pass. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all on the flat. It's a gravel road, but it is one heck of a journey. Um, and then you end up at Lanesburg. Uh, I, I'm, I'm quite familiar with Lanesburg. If, if uh, listeners are keen, people are keen on taking or exploring the Tierbosklof uh, Trail, uh, Tim, how do they go about booking? Okay, so booking you can do through Cape Nature website, um, and I've got a, I've, I've got to punch them now, but I think they really are doing a phenomenal job. A lot of their camps are really well laid out, and um, this one in particular is definitely worth every cent that you pay for it. Um, and it's it's just one of those sort of hidden gems mm. that um, I thought we definitely need to talk about because mm. it is a fantastic trail. Just a quick WhatsApp coming through. Ivan from Plumstead asks, is asking about uh, the permits and the costs to hike there. From what I could see from the permit, which was for the accommodation and the, the permits for the, the two days on the trail, I think for three of us it was, uh, I think it was about 1,500 rand. Um um, I stand to be corrected, but it was it was relatively cheap, considering the 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 quality um, of the camps. I mean, like when when we got to the first camp, they had actually raked the paths, so that you couldn't see any footprints or anything. It was all fresh and and laid out, and everything was very clean and, and tidy. So definitely worth every cent. Uh, but they will they will put it on the website. They will let you know exactly how much it will cost. Per night, per person. Tim, of course, um, uh, where can people get hold of you, uh, hear from you, and how do they maybe organize a walk with you? Okay, so they can get hold of me via email, which is tim at capetownhiking.co.za or info at glamtrails.co.za. Uh, Twitter is at Hiking Cape Town. Facebook is Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy. And Instagram is Cape Town Hiking or Glam Trails. So all pretty easy around the Glam Trails. And, and hopefully where I'm at the moment, we're looking at trying to expand Glam Trails um, to have even more and nicer experiences. Mm.
And that's Tim Lundy there with our weekly hiking feature. Hopefully he'll be back here in studio next week, not gallivanting somewhere out there in Wellington. Tim Lundy there with our weekly hiking feature on Tonight with Lester.